You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. Focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're chatting to Tom Davies. He's the host of the Proper Mental Podcast. So today we're going to be chatting all things intros, outros and mental health podcasts. I... Was str- I struggled with my mental health for quite a few years, really, that resulted in a, a, a bit of a breakdown that I had last year. And something that played a huge part in my recovery from that, um, I just happened to stumble across on Instagram, ironically enough, on uh, World Mental Health Day last year, um, a video of someone talking about um, something that they'd been through. And up until that point, I'd kept everything very much to myself, Um, I wasn't very open about my, what was happening to me, what I was going through. I felt very alone. I felt very isolated. Um, I, I was genuinely worried that if I told people around me how I was feeling, that, uh, my wife would leave me, that people would think I wasn't, uh, safe to be a a dad. And, you know, my kids would get taken away that I'd lose my business, all this sort of stuff. And then I saw this video of this guy talking and it was like, oh, crikey, like people acknowledge this stuff, you know, people talk about it openly and, and after it it was an old video that he'd reshared. And I thought, wow, that's an old video. He's, he's got a really nice life now. You know, like, how's this, how has this happened? It is possible. And I felt really seen and I felt for the first time I've like not so alone. Um, and I kind of banked that I didn't do anything with it at the time, but I, I, I banked that feeling. And then a bit further on the line, when I, 
I started to come out the other side. And I think this is a really common feeling with people in the mental health space who have been through something. I wanted to do something, you know, I wanted to, to, I don't know, help or just do something. And I wasn't sure what to do. I wasn't sure if I could be like one of those like people who does loads of wacky stuff and raises loads of money or I think wasn't quite sure. Um, but the more I talked openly and honestly about my mental health and took sort of ownership of my story, the more that made me feel better. And I thought, well, maybe I can help like provide that space for other people, you know, and, and start it. And it just kind of grew, grew from there, really. Can you tell us a little bit about your story, as you mentioned just then, kind of a condensed version? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I first was aware that I was struggling with my mental health um, in 2016, after the birth of my son, um, that my kind of head exploded for want of a, a better expression. And at the time, I thought it might be like a postnatal thing or something like that. Um, yeah, and that was really poorly, and I, I was very depressed and lots of um, stress and tears and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I managed to kind of move past that. I managed to kind of get through it. Um, it got in. It was. 2017 and by that time my daughter had been born as well and I was pretending I was all right and I wasn't really I was kind of muddling through and um yeah I had a bit of a blip then and my wife had to step in and say listen this is not right you need to get some help and I I promised her I'd get some help and um yeah I started counseling then I started therapy I started being a bit more focused on taking care of my mind but I wasn't being very truthful so I was say I was doing therapy and I wasn't really talking about everything I was experiencing. I was telling people that I was open about my mental health, but I was still keeping so much hidden. Um, and I managed to maintain that for another another couple of years. And eventually, like anything, um, you know, there's all the analogies, isn't it? The, the you know, the break in the dam or the leak in the pipe or whatever you wanna you wanna say. But yeah, it, then I, I just got really, really, really sick and um everything just kind of uh yeah collapsed. Um and I started to make plans to take my own life. And I had a date set for that. And I'd put a lot of things in motion for that. I'd worked out this perfect opportunity. My family live in Wales and I decided that I was going to go and see my mum and dad for a weekend. So I would leave the house here and say goodbye to Kim and the kids and then drive down to Wales and see my mum and dad. And when I said goodbye to them to drive back, I'd have this little window of opportunity where I'd said goodbye to all the most important people in my life. And that was that was when it was supposed to happen. And um, during that weekend, my auntie, who I'm very, very close with, who's an occupational health nurse, and she works in a factory with like 500 men. And she signposts a lot of men who struggle with their mental health. And she just saw something in me. And we had a bit of a chat. And she kind of, it wasn't a like an intervention as such, but she kind of just kind of got inside my head enough that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put a pin in this for now. And maybe there's a couple of things I haven't tried and I owe it to my family to have said that I've tried everything before I go. And like, luckily after that, I, um, yeah, I managed, I started on some medication after that. It's the one thing I haven't done and I don't advocate before or for or against medication because it's a very individual choice. But for me, it put the wheels back on the car and it kind of enabled me to, um, to start piecing my, piecing my life back together again, really. Your aunt sounds like a hero, honestly. <laughs> yeah, she's a yeah, incredible, incredible woman. Yeah, and she just saw saw something. We talked about mental health before. Um, she like a couple of years previous, she'd sort of seen that something wasn't right with me. Obviously, I've known her my my whole life, and we're actually we're not. You know, she's only about thirteen years older than me, so we've always been close. You know, um, and she just saw she just saw something and just you know started a conversation 
um, that led to a few things coming out. And then she, yeah, she told me, um, yeah, told me a few other things that I could try. Yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful, really. It's amazing sometimes how you think no one can tell, like no one can tell what's going on and someone can still kind of spot there's something not quite right. It's really amazing that that happens. When you kind of did your period of, I'm going to at least try and try to get better. And you said you kind of started medication. What other you know, things did you try and what did you end up finding helpful and successful? Yeah. Up until that point, I, 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 at the time I very much felt like I tried everything really, or certainly all the stereotypical stuff and I didn't have a great understanding. Um, and I'm very much an all or nothing type of person. So I, I, I was very much like, oh, right. So meditation's good. Cool. Right. I'm going to meditate the life out of this, you know, and that's not always helpful. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was doing a lot of meditation. Um, I was exercising. I, I kind of, I work in that space anyway. So I spend a lot of time in the gym, lots of time in nature, lots of walking, lots of yoga, um, journaling, crikey, you name it. At one point I was pricing up flights to Peru to go and uh, try ayahuasca. I, you know, I was, I was up for, for anything and, but none of it seemed to work. And that was partly because of my all or nothing, rather aggressive, aggressive approach. Um, I've, you know, I found acceptance to be a, a fantastic tool since. Um, but at that time I was, I was trying to take it on. I, I felt at the time, like I was fighting to stay alive and I was, I was fighting it. Like I was throwing punches at it. You know, it was an aggressive way of trying to get better, which, you know, wasn't great. Um, uh, but none of that stuff was working. And then it became a, a, a stick to beat myself with. So I'd see on Instagram, someone saying, oh, the gym's great for mental health. And I'd be, I've been to the gym three times this week and I'm drowning what is wrong with me you know it was um all these these wellness stuff <laughs> it was just it was almost like death by wellness um but i once i found once the medication worked for me once it kicked in i found that all that stuff became incredible useful tools but it didn't necessarily dig me out of the hole in the first place if that makes sense oh yeah i feel like the same with me where I could do all the kind of self-care stuff in the world, but I needed medication to kind of get over the initial just, <laughs> I was going to say hump, but it's more like <laughs> massive mountain of despair <laughs> like yeah. in a cheerier sense. But yeah, I completely get that. Um, and then when you then got through that, and then I think like Yvette and I, you were like, I want to give back. So then you wanted to start the podcast. Tell us about the name. Why is it the proper mental podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, that's from a, a direct quote because when I was when I was really struggling and I hadn't told a soul and I did not know what was happening to me, I I didn't know what mental health or mental illness. I didn't know what these things were. My only experience of it um, was stuff that's massively. Um, made dramatic by the media right so when someone has depression on eastenders or something and it's just all just chaos and you know i i didn't know i didn't relate to that that made no sense to me and i thought that i was going mad i thought i was going proper mental it's from i said to my wife you know oh, I, I feel like i'm going like proper mental um because i did i thought i was i was losing my mind and i thought that you know the minute I vocalized that, then, you know, again, because I didn't understand this stuff, right? So it's like self-stigma almost. And it's just this stereotypical way that I had 
of looking at mental health, even though I was experiencing it, I didn't know what I was experiencing. And I thought, oh, if I vocalize the things that are in my head, this van's going to come around the corner and the men in white coats are going to put me in a straight jacket and take my kids off me. And they're going to like, you know, take me off to the, to the Arkham Asylum or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it comes from a, from a, I thought I was going proper mental. And how have you found the past year in terms of your mental health? Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Once I, I, I like to describe like mental wellness as a as a puzzle, right? And we've all got different pieces and we all have to figure out what they are. So what works for one person might not work for someone else. We have to work out the dosage and it seems to be like a, a field that changes all the time, right? So just when you think you've got your routine nailed, then you've, you know, something changes. But on, on the whole, the last year has been, um, been really good, really positive. My wife said to me at Christmas that um, it was like having her husband back. And I didn't realize I'd been anywhere, but now with hindsight and therapy and just thinking about stuff, then I've, I've not been around for years, you know, years and years. Me and Kim have been together for nearly 15 years. And for her to say, I've got my husband back is, was, was incredible, really. That's a really beautiful thing to say and to hear, I'm sure. Yeah, it was lovely for me. Yeah. And a, a little bit, um, a little bit sad as well, because like I say, when these changes, um, Kim describes it as putting on weight. So you don't realize when you're putting on weight, right? And then one day your, your trousers don't fit. So you get new trousers, but then your trousers do fit. And then you don't realize you put on more weight till you fill those trousers, right? And it, it was like that. My personality changes were so slow and incremental over time that I didn't realize how far I was drifting from myself until I came back to myself. And then it was like, wow, that's, that's you know, it's like um, almost a Jekyll and Hyde type of situation. So that was very moving you saying um, that's what your wife said, because my mum said something similar to me, actually, after I'd been through a period of depression. And then I sort of decided to go on meds and then you know, things got back on track and she said exactly the same, you know, that she felt that they'd given her, her daughter back. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Yvette, I read, a, I read about that in your chapter in the uh, Johnny Benjamin's book of hope, which I have on my shelf, which is a fantastic book. And I read, I remember reading that in your, in your chapter actually. And one thing that, that jumped out to me is um, this was quite some time ago that you were experiencing some of these things um, first time around. And I was really wondering from your experience, how that's, how that's changed talking about having this conversation has changed because the mental health space it's it's picking up speed isn't it we're becoming more aware awareness is getting more common and it was just I was just interested in like then compared to now how the sort of uh, how other people's reactions were to you having a, a mental illness diagnosis I suppose it's it's different for me now and it, the thing is it's changed a lot is what I, I'd say it's like it's in some ways it's easier to talk about but in other ways people kind of make assumptions now about certain things and also yeah they make assumptions that it is easy maybe when in actual fact I really doubt that actually it is that easy for some people like I think for people of a certain generation they still do struggle you know like if somebody's maybe in their 60s and they you know have a diagnosis that that doesn't mean they're going to suddenly start talking to their grandchildren about it just because um you know, somebody on TV is talking about it. I mean, they might do, and that'd be wonderful, but I don't think we can assume that's the case. Yeah, that, I mean, that's an incredible point, isn't it? And I think we do, there's so much talk about talking and no one ever talks about how hard talking is. Like, because it's really hard. And, it, you know, it's not, you know, there's all these questions. You know, I, I remember when I was poorly and I'd see something on Instagram or whatever saying, oh, you know, just talk about it. And I'd be like, talk to who? Talk about what? 
What if they what if they don't listen? What if they don't understand it? So I can't even find the words to describe what is happening in my own head. How am I supposed to talk about it? Right? It's it's it is it's complicated anyway, without even knowing how you're gonna be received by the people that you're talking to. You know, it is um it's a, a real tricky one. And that's a very interesting point as well about now that there is more awareness, yeah, does it become, you know, not as not less shocking that's the wrong term but it almost dilutes the conversation a little bit maybe to some extent you know it's um it's hard finding that balance isn't it between raising awareness and then just talking for the sake of talking which is what it could listen it could to an untrained ear could sound like from the outside listening in maybe yeah and I think just in my opinion I think we have to be kind of wary of thinking that you know one person's experience is the same as another you know I mean yes, I've lived with bipolar disorder and I've written about it and I've talked about it, but that doesn't mean that somebody from a different background or different gender, you know, um, all sorts of things, you know, it, that doesn't mean they'll have the same experience as me at all. Um, and also, again, with the celebrity thing, I mean, I love chatting to our celebrity guests, but one of the things I'm really proud of on Mentally Yours is the conversations we've had with just everyday people, um, you know, people who just sort of, work in shops or um you know teachers or any you know various jobs but they're just getting on with their lives and living with long-term um, mental health issues um because you know there's I think we we both know there's a big difference between um having any mental health condition and being able to access expensive private care sort of instantly um and kind of the having to go to the NHS yeah, definitely. I think the the beauty of talking to people with with big bigger profiles, um, alongside people ordinary everyday people off the street, um, it just gives us that relatability, doesn't it? It just shows people that underneath, it doesn't matter what you do for a living, whether your job means you work in a shop or whether your job is on the telly, underneath you're like a human being and struggling with mental ill health is a very human experience, and I think that's um that's super important. So can you tell us a bit more about uh, some of your favourite guests and also um, what you might find challenging about the podcast sometimes? Yeah. Um, who's, who's been a, been a favourite? I've had a, I've had quite a few really that episode with my wife that was a really that was a special one that one we just we were at a kitchen table on a Saturday night kids were in bed in our pajamas with a cup of tea and we just set a, sat a microphone up and um, we were just really, really uh, vulnerable, you know, and really just open and recorded and just put it out as it was. And that was a, a favorite of mine, particularly because it was well, well received. That was really, really nice. Um, I had a author on called Paul Fjellrad, who wrote an incredible book called The Struggle Continues about his life with complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And Paul is a lovely, lovely man. And his story is just like if if you didn't know it was true, you know, if you saw it as a TV show, you'd say, oh, it's a bit far-fetched. You know, it's absolutely uh, just, just, yeah, it's so intense. But for Paul to trust me to hold that space for us to look at that that story and discuss it, um, that felt like a really wonderful moment. Um, and I was really, I felt really, really privileged that I was trusted with to, for something so complex. Um, so that was a highlight. Um, and probably my own personal highlight is um, a few weeks ago, I had um, the musician Frank Turner on and I've been listening to Frank's music for probably as long as he's been putting it out. And, you know, he's got a massive profile. He's a, a, a really big mental health advocate. And um, but I, yeah, I just loved it that he came on for a chat, partly for me because I got to like fanboy a little bit. Um, but it also shows 
Frank will have got very little from that episode. I very much doubt him coming on my podcast will have shifted many, many albums for him, you know, whereas my listeners will have got a lot out of what he talked about because what he said was absolutely fascinating. And I and I've just thought it was amazing that someone of that size and stature could give up some time to talk about mental health, you know, because it's I don't know if you guys find with your guests, but it's quite um I don't know, like there's people that you'd like to approach, but there's also an element where you don't want to feel like an ambulance chaser because it's like, oh, hey, you don't know me. Come and talk about the worst thing that's ever happened to you and I'll record it. You know, like it's quite a strange thing, isn't it? To um, Do you know, do you have that when you're looking for, for guests yourselves? From my perspective, yes, because especially you'll see, especially with like people who are in the public eye, they'll do a really powerful interview and they'll be like, I went through this really difficult time. And it's tough to then reach out and be like, I don't want to talk about your new project. I just want to talk about this really like harrowing thing that you just shared. It's tough. It's really difficult. But then a lot of times that's what people want to talk about secretly. And they're really like honored to be asked. Um, And once we actually get people on the show, they're so happy to open up and to talk about this kind of thing. Because I think same as what you said, when you've been through it, you really want to help other people that are going through it, like desperately. That's all you really want to do. So I think everyone's been so keen to get involved. Yeah, definitely. Have you ever have you ever had anyone on where they've been talking about their story and either of you have been listening and going like, wow, are you talking about me? Because I think sometimes with like mental health stuff, we can go through two things completely different from completely different people and completely different places. But there are different elements that over overlap. And, you know, sometimes I have a moment where I think like, wow, I think I've just learned something about, you know, making notes, thinking I'm taking this to my next therapy session, you know, because it, it's so relatable. I don't know if either of you experienced that in your conversation. 100%. Like right at the beginning, I remember we did a couple of episodes about OCD um, and I was kind of at the start of my diagnosis experience at that point and just hearing people describing like what I thought were you know, completely mad thoughts that no one else had. And then hearing someone just go like, oh yeah, I have that. And it's like, oh, okay, this is genuinely life-changing. I'm sure for a vet, it's the same thing. One of the things I really love about doing the podcast is um, sort of meeting other people in, like, I guess the bipolar squad. So whenever we have a guest on who lives with bipolar disorder, um, it's really lovely actually, um, because I usually feel like, we just have this thing in common and although we're all sort of all from different backgrounds you know there might be sort of famous actresses or you know writers or all different kinds of jobs or you know things that I've you know know nothing about really it's really nice actually because it is kind of the core of why we set up the podcast in the first place of you know feeling less alone and sort of realizing that there's other people out there who sort of gone through similar things um, to what you're either going through or have gone through in the past I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my answer now because my dog is barking so much. I was so about sorry. to say, just to reassure any alarmed listeners, Yvette has a dog. That's, <laughs> that's that Very cute dog. If you're having those conversations and having those realisations, then there's got to be people listening. You know, there's got to be. I always think that if I don't understand a particular um, condition or where someone's coming from, if I'm talking about something, I think, well, I'm just going to ask the question. Because if I don't know, other people don't know. And sometimes we're so scared of getting something wrong that people don't like to 
ask ask the question because they don't want to appear ignorant. And I kind of feel like I'm all right with a bit of ignorance as long as you know you're ignorant and you're doing something to change it because you can't know everything, right? So, you know, we ask the questions and then the people listening, if you're getting something from it that's making you think, oh my gosh, that could be me. Like, you know, this is something I want to learn more about. Then people listening have to be because we're all kind of the same-ish really, aren't we? Underneath it all. 100%. I agree. I, d- I don't ever care about sounding or looking stupid like I would much rather ask what seems like a really obvious question because you're right there will be someone out there who hasn't heard that or experienced that um and one thing that I always I often share about kind of the power of podcasting and writing as well is I didn't even realize that I had I could have OCD until I read an article about someone sharing their experience. And it's just so strange to think like, if I hadn't come across that, how much longer would I have gone before actually getting help for this and acknowledging that there was a problem? And the idea that, you know, a conversation that any of us have on our podcast could be that for someone else is amazing. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, that's lovely, isn't it? That's really lovely. And, you know, it kind of, yeah, it makes um, it makes a lot of sense. And it's actually something that I was thinking about um, before in the build up to this, because you guys, have, your podcast has been going like four years, hasn't it? It's like 2017 or something like that you started. Yeah. But like, so in podcasting years, that's a long time. But in the mental health conversation, that's an age. So surely when you guys started, there can't have been that many mental health podcasts around having these type of conversations am I right in thinking that no we were we were semi newbies which was cool it was cool to experience that but also it's really nice now that there are so many more like we're not at all like territorial like back off there can be only one like it's really cool that there are more people who are sharing in this way and that people finding it helpful yeah, I can. I completely agree with Ellen on that one. In fact, someone asked me about that not too long ago about, oh, do you mind sort of that there's other mental health podcasts now? And no is the obvious answer, because, you know, if you're living with a, a mental health issue, it doesn't matter where you find help. You know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, this po- podcast or that podcast or, you know, a clip on YouTube or a program on TV or something on the radio. As long as you hear something that's helpful and makes you realise that actually other people are going through similar things, you know, you're not alone and that help is out there. And that also, you know, you can feel better and you will feel better eventually. I really don't think it matters, you know, where you hear that message. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. That's a lovely way of, of putting it for me as a listener to a lot of podcasts and a lot of podcasts in the min, in the mental health space. Just, just, I haven't listened to all of them, but just knowing they're out there is very comforting to me, you know, knowing that, you know, I could listen to them and maybe one day I'll, I'll get through more of them. And um, yeah, it's like having this massive resource, isn't it? And you can just say, right, I need, I need to hear someone talk about this, or I'd like to learn more about that. And you can jump between all these different, these different things. So you find that episode that you go, right, that that's given me a bit more information and you know information is 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 powerful there's a lot of power in why right there's a lot of power in knowing more about stuff if you're going through something and you don't know what it is um you know becoming a bit of an expert in what's happening to you by listening to other people talk about it for me that that was very powerful it's nice to have the options as well because if one isn't the right fit for you there are so many to choose from if you hate (laughs) if you hate me in a vet there are plenty of other options which is great <laughs> it's um it's like it's like choosing a therapist right you gotta exactly. you gotta try a few until you find your fit yeah definitely 
If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, helps us, you know continue doing what we're doing so please do rate and review and check back in next week for more mentally yours hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 